today on an all-new Dr. Phil. You got married to this woman after six weeks. You married a stranger. Trapped in a marriage. You didn't do that right. You need to do it. I watched you yelling and screaming and put your hand in his face seven times. It may not be right. Are y'all kidding me? Plus, hold on, hold on, hold on. This husband just doesn't know when to quit. You're calling your wife, bitch, to go find somebody else to F your fat ass, and you call her the C word. There is a reason for everything, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, call your wife the C word, I would just tell them to shoot because it would be a quicker death. Coming up. Let's do it. I want you to get excited about your life. Here we go. If you're going to talk to me, you're going to have to be honest. Stand by, Dr. Phil. Showtime. This is going to be a changing day in your life. Stand by, A, and roll A. Check in. Go, Dr. Phil. a lot of time studying people and why they do what they do. And it's interesting that, that some women spend a lifetime planning for the big day, the dress, the cake, the flowers, the food. I'm talking about their wedding day when two people proclaim for better or worse. But what happens when all you feel is the worst part? Now my first couple got married six weeks after their first date. Now they had two kids in three years, and now Chris and April both say, we're trapped. Now, first, I, I want you to hear her side. I feel trapped in my marriage because Chris and I have had these same problems since day one. It's difficult to sit back and have somebody saying how mean you are. Every discussion we've ever been in, you always end up cutting me off. April has either packed up and left or threatened to leave five or six times over the last three years. I have two other children and a household to take care of. You're doing it anyway. Chris and I will fight about ridiculous things. The other night, we had an extremely large fight. That's not true. By eight years old, she had had three root canals. Over Ashley buying water bottles with her own money. There's been times where I've tried to leave and he's taken my keys from me because it was his vehicle before we got married. That's how I... children think. I wish Chris would take more responsibility as a father. I call him a bad parent. I find it very offensive when April calls me a bad father. I raised my oldest daughter, Ashley, for the better part of her life alone. And now she is a straight A honor roll student. And I do spend time with my other children. In my mind, 10 minutes of play is not parenting. Chris does not really hold the baby while he is watching TV. If you hold her, she won't fuss. She fusses when you give her to me. If I don't get up every time our children do something cute, she takes personal offense to it. Honey, come look at them. They're so cute. Honey, they're always cute. I'm right in the middle of the movie. I see it all the time. This Christmas, Chris completely missed the kids opening up their gifts, and he didn't even care. I got extremely tired. I'd been working all week, and I actually went to lay down. I missed them opening their presents. My bad. How, how long do we have to fight about it? Chris 
drinks too much and too often. When I come home from work, how I relax is I'll pour myself a rum and Diet Coke, and I get a lot of work done around the house. Chris buys between one and two liters of rum a week. If I wasn't having a couple of drinks, I wouldn't get as much done because, hey, that makes it so. The work is not so bad. I need certain things to blow off steam. I would love for my husband to realize that our family comes first, not whatever he might want to do. Dr. Phil, I don't want to feel trapped in my marriage any longer. Can you help me get my husband to change his ways? Well, this is Chris's second marriage. Now, his daughter Ashley is 11 years old. So now let's hear why he feels trapped. You don't give me a chance to do my chores. In her mind, it's daddy has the final say, not April. That's not even fair. That's that, that never happened. That she never did happen. I feel trapped in my marriage between my wife and my daughter. Ashley, you didn't shower the, the afternoon before. You yes, were I here. Did. I wasn't here. I was at my mother's. Ashley, no. In one corner, I have my daughter, which is the first unconditional love of my life. Then I have my wife, whom I want to spend the rest of my life with. May I say something now? Yes. had the floor for about 20 minutes. Ashley does not give me respect at all. One perfect example of that is one morning at 6.30, she opened up our bedroom door and said, April, you need to do my laundry, and then walked out and slammed the door. The reason I throw attitude is because she's always being mean and she's taking things overboard and it's hurting my feelings. Three different times in a week I have to tell you the same thing about how daddy's been organizing the Tupperware containers, please put the lids on. The only Tupperware containers that didn't have the lids on them were the ones that didn't have a lid no. in general. She's an 11 year old, she's gonna have issues with remembering. She completely disregards me. She's been on the same routine for three years on her chores, and she still can't manage to get them done. April became a drill sergeant with Ashley as far as what she expected. I'm the first positive female role model that she has had. She dropped six sizes since Chris and I have been married. She only allowed me to eat certain foods, and I lost 20 pounds. It always seems like you're always... Ashley, she's getting to be an emotional wreck. I'm not saying, Ashley, you didn't do that right. You need to do it. I'm like, Ashley, come on. You've been doing this for a while now. You know how to do it. I shouldn't have to When you, you talk to her and you get frustrated, you don't talk to her like that. I wish she knew that I try to make things work out, but she thinks that I'm always trying to pick fights with her. You always ask me to do something when I already know I have to do it. I would love for April to go back to, to the woman that I first fell in love with that was accepting, affectionate, very loving, and hardly ever complaining. Dr. Phil, things were perfect in the beginning. How do we get back there? You got married to this woman after six weeks. You married a stranger. What, what, what was up with you saying, sure, why not? Well... Did you know his middle name? Yes. You did? Yes. You knew his middle name? Yes. Okay, did, did it occur to you I'm marrying somebody that all I know about him for sure is that he's had one failed marriage? So yeah. I know that. I'm and he's got a daughter. So I'm going to have an instant family with a guy who's done this once and it didn't work. And I've only known him for like 42 days. Sure, let's do it. He was different than the other guys I had dated. He <clears> said <throat> things to me that, you know, made me fall in love with him right away or the idea of him and marriage and kids. What, what, what was that? Um, he would say things to me in the beginning like, every time you walk out that door, I see my future leaving. And, and that was just like, whoa, you know? Nobody had talked to me like that before. And he really swept me off my feet that way. Did a little voice in your head ever say, oh, wait till you get to know me? No. Because <laughs> I mean, really, you knew he didn't know you. You knew the things about you he didn't know, right? Oh, absolutely. And there were, and, and there were things about him you didn't know. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think we thought that far. But along the way, did you stop and think, you know what? Why don't we just kind of slow to a walk on this and see if we can get a good foundation laid before we bring another human being into this mix? That, that didn't... I was definitely warned by <coughs> most of my family and friends, this is too quick, you need to slow down, you know, be married for a while, make sure that you guys have a good foundation. But, okay, but you went ahead and had the child anyway. You got pregnant two months into mm -hmm. the marriage, which by that time you'd now known each other three and a half months. Mm -hmm. And and so you're, you're pregnant at that point. The second child you had while you were separated. You got well, pregnant while you were separated, right? Well, we had already decided we were going to reconcile. You know, we were going to counseling, but... She hadn't moved her bags back I in. I just yet. hadn't moved my bags back in yet now, so. So would that, that be a yes? You I got guess pregnant so, yes. while you were separated? Yeah. You, you were separate. You were living outside the house. <laughs> this had turned into a train wreck. You said, despite the fact that we already have a child between us, despite the fact that we have, are, are married and, and trying to make a family, we're splitting up. I'm out of here. We're leaving. And, well, things are kind of smoothing out. Let's have another kid. Well, that's not what we said, no. But that's what <laughs> that's you what did. Yeah, that's, that's what, what you did, Absolutely. which means you were having unprotected sex. Mm -hmm. And so, woo, surprise, you're mm -hmm. pregnant again. I hate it when that happens. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you... No, it you wasn't took, very responsible You took home all. economics, right, yeah. where they went yes, through the... I understand that wasn't a responsible thing Yeah, how that works. You, you, you get pregnant mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. do those things that yes. get you pregnant. Okay, now we're married with two kids, uh, one from a previous marriage... And three years into it, and it's like, we just can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Something's got to change. All right. Now, next, Chris says there's something in April's past that causes them to fight. Is it going to cause another separation? We're, we're going to add that to the mix, and then I'm going to start trying to unravel this when we come back. When April and I separated in 2004, she scooped up the kids, went and stayed with her mother for two and a half months. When Chris and I first started talking about reconciling, I got pregnant, I figured God must want us to be together. We're obviously compatible with making babies. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. I used to be very fun and lively and life of the party. She drank a lot and she stopped all that and we got together. I definitely feel like I have sacrificed myself for my husband and my children. Okay, we're talking about couples who feel stuck in a bad marriage. Now, Chris and April have separated once already and she threatened to leave five other times. Where are we? on the baby making. He's going to get um, vasectomy to make sure that we're done, yeah. Okay, when? Not soon um, enough. <laughs> wait. Because you, because really, at this point, it's, it's really unkind mm -hmm. to, to bring children into a war zone. Absolutely. What's your biggest problem here? Why do you feel so trapped? You, you say you're caught between Ashley and April here. 
I'm more of a laid-back parent. Ashley listens to what I say 90% of the time the first time I say it. With her, with her in April, she doesn't. She rebels a little bit. Every day when I come home from work, there's something new. You drinking too much? I drink when I work at the house. You drinking too much? Probably. You in other people's eyes, yes, probably. Couple of liters a week? One liter a week. Sometimes I'll purchase two in a week, and it'll last me for two weeks. Three to four nights a week, I will, I will drink. It varies. <clears throat> Average, um, he'll definitely finish one, and he'll buy a second one for that, you know, third night of the week that he's going to drink, and then that'll last into so the next week. you're anesthetizing yourself with this stuff, right? I mean, that's what you say. You say, I, this isn't as bad if I can get a little buzz on. Yeah, the extra work I do, yeah, when, yeah. You know it's changing who you are three to four nights a week. Yes, in certain ways, yes. Why do you feel so trapped? Well, um, Chris and I rarely see eye to eye when it comes to parenting, and we rarely see eye to eye on his drinking, and I just, I feel like I've made a lot of sacrifices for our family. I've completely changed my way of life to better suit our family. I don't feel he's done the same. So y'all argue a lot about who's right in the parenting thing here, who's the right one with the right idea. So let's take a look at an example of your parenting with regard to, um, to Ashley. Give her a couple of minutes, then go in there and talk to her. And that's what I do. Well, I'll get Ashley now. She's cutting me off. No, well, we were waiting for the, but Ashley, you did say that to me, did you not? No, I didn't you didn't, say that. You didn't, she said she no, had no, 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 no. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think Ashley, she that. that's I, what children think. I, you know that you have to brush your teeth every night, right? I know it's not. Okay, oh, wait, 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 Ashley, Ashley, let me finish. I was at my mother's. Ashley, no, you had been home for three days. No, Listen how I know. Is there something? She forgets how she was told to do something. I had Ashley. Ashley, this isn't about your homework goals. You walk in and you start talking about your day. And, oh, can I call my mom? No, Ashley, get your chores done before you call your I mom. Do not yes, do you that. do. Yes, I you do. I do that when I'm done with my No, chores. Ashley. No. After I do no, my homework. Can, can, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Wait till you're done with your chores. Are y'all kidding me? No. <laughs> so you watch this, and then you'll argue about which one is right about your parenting. You know, I, I've been doing this a long time, and it's not uncommon that I see two parents come in fighting vigorously, passionately about who's right about parenting. And it's like you come up to a crossroads, and you can go straight ahead, left or right, and you're arguing left, got to go left, got to go left, got to go left. You're arguing right, I know I'm right, I know I'm right, I got to go right. And I'm sitting there with the map saying, you ain't neither one of you right. We need to make a U-turn. We missed it three miles ago. But yet you will fight to the death because you think you're right. What have you done to learn what the true, true foundational thoughts are about parenting? Trial and error. So, I mean, have you, have you studied parenting at all to back up your instincts about what you're doing as a parent? No. Have you? Yes, I have. So tell me what you've done. I've, Impress me here. I want to know I've spent hours upon hours on the internet during my pregnancies about, you know, child raising, you know, then things you to expect need to with throw children. that computer away because I watched you yelling and screaming at that little girl and you put your hand in her face seven times. Just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Seven times I you understand. stuck your hand in that little girl's face. And if the internet told you to yell, scream, fight in front of the children and intimidate them with your size and power, you're reading the wrong websites. I did not read that, Dr. Phil. Yes, I do get a little heated when I'm dealing with Ashley 
but that's after three years. I, I'm not saying it's right, but after three years of fighting with her about the littlest things, I get upset, I get defensive, and it's just how I deal with it. It may not be right, but that's, that's what I, you know. Do you, you said it may not be right. It is absolutely not right. Do you get that? Mm -hmm. Do you get it? Because there are things y'all can do that can improve this situation right away. So you don't feel trapped. And somebody needs to tell y'all straight up because you're, you're both very headstrong about it. You both have very strong ideas. You're very protective of your daughter, and God bless you for that. I mean, you should be. You're her, you're her protector. You're the one that's out there for her. You're in there saying, i got three kids here. I'm trying to hold this together and do the best I can. And God bless you for that because you're putting a lot of work and effort and energy into this. Mm -hmm. Your intentions are good. Your actions are devastating. Okay, so we got to change that, right? Mm -hmm. Or this thing's going to come unraveled. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we're going to see what Ashley has to say about what's going on in the house. And then I'm going to tell these folks a one, two, three list of what I think they need to do to give this thing a chance of either staying up on the road. We'll be right back. We were behind on our mortgage two months and Chris would go out to the casino and play cards. I had to borrow $3,500 from my father to just catch up the mortgage. I think she should be a lot more accepting of the certain small things. I don't disappear for days. I don't go to strip pubs or bars. Give me a little slack. If you're married, then I want you to listen to what I say over the next minute. Being happily married across a period of time is tough. It's not tough to get married. You can get somebody to say, I do. But being able to say, I am happily married after the fact is different. Sometimes you get into the relationship and you're shocked. And I'll tell you what causes people to get divorced and cry foul is not what happens in the marriage. What gets them upset is if it violates their expectations. They expect one thing and they get something else. Oftentimes marriage is a harsh wake-up call because merging two lives is never easy. You have to sacrifice time, money, space. There's a division of labor. It's all about compromise. But it is never too late to redefine your marriage. Set realistic goals. It only takes one to start making change. So don't wait on your partner. My dad's not the kind of person who would say something mean like April says sometimes. I feel like she neglects me. I tell her that it hurts my feelings. I try to forgive her, but it's really hard. Well, I'm here with Chris and April. Uh, that was Chris's daughter, Ashley, from his first marriage, telling us how all their fighting has left her feeling trapped, absolutely stuck in the middle. You know what y'all need? A referee. <laughs> uh, no. You, you need some premarital counseling. You, you, need to go, you, you need to go back and do all the things that folks ought to do before they get married because you didn't do any of that stuff. You're violating some things that guarantee you're going to fail. And here's the deal. If you continue doing what you're doing, you're going to get a divorce. And that would probably be a blessing if you're going to continue what you're doing, because if you're going to continue what you're doing, you've got three children in a war zone, and they didn't ask for this. Now, 
are you open to me telling you some things you got to change? Absolutely. Will you do it? Absolutely. Do you think you will? Mm -hmm. You said you would. Absolutely. I want to have a good, very close marriage. I married her, you know, even though, like I say, it was too quick and I didn't know her. I did marry her for a reason. There was something different about her than everybody else I dated, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I would do whatever it is that you recommend to do, just as long as she's willing to do the same. All right, you got to put the jug down first. Okay, you got to stop drinking. I anticipated that. I mean, you, I mean, really, you're 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 drinking to the point that it's changing your personality every day, and you're missing a lot of what's going on because you're it, you're anesthetizing yourself. Mm -hmm. you, you're going in the zone, and I don't know if you're an alcoholic or not, but I know that you're medicating yourself with alcohol that is putting you in the zone that you don't hear a lot of what's going on. You don't have a full reaction to what's going on. You need to stop that. And you say, well, well, then, boy, life gets awfully mundane. Well, we're going to try to work on fixing the life, all right, so you don't have to get drunk in order to do it. And you can't feel good about that. No. It's like, I'm coming home to you. I need a drink. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much the message, right? Yeah, love you. Love the kids. Need a drink. He actually jokes about that, too. You drive me to drink. That's, yeah, that's what he well, says to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, many a truth is spoken jest, okay? Many a truth is spoken jest. You got to stop that. Here's the deal where you, I said you're doing some things that are going to guarantee your failure. Mm -hmm. You cannot be the primary disciplinarian with Ashley. I agree. She's been with her dad all of this time. Mm -hmm. He meets this girl for like six weeks, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, this woman's going to take over her life. She didn't marry you. She didn't pick you, and she will definitely resent you in there trying to tell her what to do and how to do it. You got in too late. A step parent cannot be the primary guiding force and disciplinarian in a child's life if they don't get in the game before they're four or five years old. I agree. I agree also. Because at that point, at that point, she's saying, I, I don't know you. I didn't pick you. What are you, what are you in here telling me to bring this woman in here and she's telling me all this stuff? She is going to resent that. And this is a very willful child, not in a negative way, but she knows who she is. This is a, th 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 you've got to really be proud of this little girl. She is sharp as a tack. And I'll promise you, she's the smartest person in the kitchen. <laughs> really, our kids are smarter than we are. Have you all noticed that? Kids are smarter than their parents. And I hope the kids aren't watching this, but it's true. I've seen her homework. It's true. There is this progression of intelligence because of stimulation and all of that mm -hmm. type thing. So she's a smart kid. You can't be the one in there telling her what to do. You have to plug back in and become the guiding force in her life, and you need to support him in that. I've which asked means, him to. which means the two of you are going to have to work out a plan for parenting, a plan for being married that you agree to, and then you go implement it. You don't debate it in front of them. Do not fight in front of your children. It is cruel. It is abuse. If you are fighting in front of your children, you are emotionally abusing those children. And do not do it. Life's too short. I mean, y'all don't think that much because you're younger. But the older I get, I realize, you know, I, I can probably count the amount of time I'm left in this earth, certainly in weeks. I mean, we don't think about it. I'm 55. If I'm going to live, say, 30 more years, do the math, you know, that's like 1,500 weeks. Mm -hmm. you're, you're crossing those off. And, and, and there's no point in going out and making a deal that makes you both miserable. I'm going to set you up with a family counselor 
that's going to sit down and help you go through the steps that I'm outlining for you here and help you fill in the blanks under those headings. Like, what are Ashley's rules? What are we going to use to govern these two kids? How are we going to express our differences? What are we going to do instead of drink? You know, how are we going to handle and manage these things? Because you, you might as well get happy. Because mm -hmm. you're in this deal, right? Absolutely. And you don't need to keep leaving all the time. If you're going to leave, no. then leave. If you're not, then quit, quit rattling your saber every time you get mad. Let's come up with a plan. And, and I'm going to help you do that. But can we start there? Absolutely. We start in those places. Absolutely. All right. Think about that. All right. Now, my next guest says that if she had the money, she'd file for divorce. She'd just take the kids and go, but she ain't got the filing fees. We're talking about feeling trapped in a marriage. Now, my next guest, Lori, says her 10-year marriage is just a joke. She'd get a divorce if she could afford it, but since her husband, Tom, controls all the finances. She says she feels trapped every day of her life. I feel trapped because I can't leave my marriage. I have no other source of income, and he would be able to buy these kids off, and I would lose them too. She has used divorce as a threat. When I brought up divorce, he told me, fine, go find somebody else to f your fat ass. It's probably about the cruelest thing I ever said to her. The worst thing she can do to me is call me a loser, and she knows it. Lori calls me ass jerk -er. He pretty much calls me a bitch on a daily basis. His favorite word to call me is a Tom thinks because he makes the money, that's his money. He has his own savings account, his own checking account. I have no access to any of them. I don't trust her. Lori's terrible with money. It's getting really hard to tell him I don't know who to pay, what to pay, what not to pay, who to call. She's had her truck repossessed. She's bounced checks left and right. She's got judgments against her for credit cards. She's lied to me about quite a few financial things. If I need to go to the store for something, I have to ask him for money. I hate asking you for money. I don't Doing, know what you expect out of me. You tell me that you don't have it. It's humiliating. If you can't give it to me, where else am I supposed to get it? There's only so much money to go around. Tom will yell at me when I ask him for money. Would you Not... rather have me give you that money right now and then worry no, about the I house payment? No, I want you to know how I feel. If I'm the one to go work for it, yes, I feel that I should have pretty much a final say in whether we get something or not. I went without a refrigerator for four weeks, and then he went and bought a snowmobile. It was wrong. I played a little game with her. In the last couple years, Tom has purchased three four-wheelers, three dirt bikes, three snowmobiles. I buy the snowmobiles and stuff for something we can do as a family. I don't care if I'm in debt at the bank. I feel like Tom is punishing me. I don't feel that he appreciates me or respects me. I can cry when I'm out in public and I see the perfect little couple walk by. I wonder why he can't treat me like that. I feel a marriage is in critical state. I don't want to quit. I don't know how to make it better. Don't. Dr. Fell, I feel trapped. Is there any way to make our marriage work? Are you a money bully? A money bully? Yeah. Whoever controls the money in a relationship or a business, I suppose, but certainly in a relationship, has the power. I mean, there's a lot of power if you control the money. Uh, do you feel powerless? I feel pow powerless, yes. Because you have no access to any money? Correct. Okay. And so you do, and you do have the access to the money, right? Right now, yes. Okay. I mean, I and what have I'm saying is, are you, how are, are you being a good steward of that power, or are you being a bully with that? It's kind of like, I got the money, I got the power, 
and I'm, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't feel I'm a money bully. I've always asked her say in things I do with my money also. Really? Because she says that you make all the decisions on any big purchases whatsoever. I usually and, do make And you don't final. consult her yes. about that at all? No, I do consult her about stuff. Okay, let's take a break. And we're going to find out how all the tension between the two is affecting all the areas of their marriage, including sex life, friendship, communication, conversation. We're going to talk about how this permeates if it does. We'll be right back. I feel trapped in my marriage because my husband controls all of our finances. Lori is irresponsible with money. She's got terrible credit. When she got her truck repossessed, I punched a hole in the wall. Our sex life has been terrible the last two years. Sometimes I'm not interested. It puts other things in my mind. Is he cheating? Does he find me unattractive? He's told me that it wouldn't hurt for me to lose some weight. We're talking about feeling trapped in a marriage. Now, Lori and Tom have been married for 10 years, and as you just heard, their sex life's been non-existent for two years. Lori says if she had the money, she'd file for divorce, take the kids, and go. Now, I was just asking uh, Tom if he thought he was a money bully, somebody that wielded that power. He says no. Now, I'm not sure I agree with that, but I also want to say this. I, as I've said, I don't care how flat you make a pancake, it's got two sides. And the truth is, if he turned all the money over to you, you guys would very likely be in a lot of trouble, wouldn't you? We could be, yes. Isn't it true that you will lie and hide the bills? because you want to spend the money on something else. You'll lie and say, yeah, I did that, but then you'll hide the bill and not do it, and that's how your truck got repossessed. That's how you wind up not being able to, you'll, you'll have the money to make a payment that's due on Wednesday on Monday, but you'll spend that money on Tuesday, and then because of, you'll, of an impulse or you'll feel like there's something you just really want to do, and you'll spend the money on something other than what it was designated for. I don't totally agree with the repossession of my truck because I feel that Tom was aware of it. I did what I could do and I knew that he was not going to give me the money to pay for it because it's, he, he always says it's just not there. So tell me about this refrigerator. I mean, you admit, <laughs> you admit that you absolutely played games. That was a bad situation to deal with and to toy with. We had went and bought a Grand Prix GTP for her which she had to have, but I told her if we did that, she has a Harley-Davidson motorcycle that is in my name, the loan, and I says, I can't have that much stuff against my name. We have used the heck out of my name because of her credit. So she was going to sell the Harley, in order, and she wanted this car. She never sold it. Then this refrigerator deal come up, and I thought, well, maybe if I can make somewhat of a point out of this, she'll sell the dang bike. But that didn't work either, so I did end up going and getting a refrigerator. I felt bad. I felt bad for using that as a game. How'd you feel about that? Not having a refrigerator? Or the, or the whole game thing? Or <laughs> crazy, isn't it? You said it. I, yeah. did, I, I didn't say it. Crazy. I mean, but you know. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. 
We'll be back. I married Tom because I wanted to spend my whole life with him. I couldn't handle going through another 20 years with our relationship the way it is right now, no. DrPhil.com brought to you in part by... Tomorrow. Family members that bleed you dry. It's Dr. Phil versus the freeloaders. You expect your dad to pay your expenses. It's hard for me to go out and work. You sleep until 2 o'clock, watch TV until about 6. Then you're out all night in a truck that your dad bought with money for gas, beer, date, and fun. No, I don't remember that. Y'all are actually building a house to move into because you can't get him out of this one. You need to get a job. Then on Thursday, he wants a wife and a mistress. Holly Fidelity is where you have two women in your life. I even amazed myself as far as the sex is concerned. And his wife's buying it. You had sex knowing that he had been in bed with this other woman. When I look up polyfidelity in the Dr. Phil dictionary, it says cheating. All new Thursday. What a complete and utter load of crap. Out in public, we are the perfect couple. It makes me sick when Tom shows me a lot of affection because I know that that's not the real him. If I had the money right now, I would take the kids and go. You've heard the old saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And when you control all the money, that's power. When you control all the money, that's absolute power. And that tends to corrupt people. It's hard to to manage that really well, particularly if you don't have the greatest love, affection, and respect for your partner. Okay, so you say he won't even give you gas money to go visit somebody, right? He won't. But because you just don't have the gas money for you to go do that. But if he wants to go somewhere, there's plenty of gas money. Okay, that's, that's your perception. Where do I go? Uh, well, now wait a minute. Are, are you are you wanting to argue that this is right? You're the guy that's calling your wife, bitch, telling her you want to leave, then go find somebody else to f your fat ass, and you call her the c word. If somebody put a gun to my head and said, "Call your wife the c word," I would just tell them to shoot because it would be a quicker death. Then why are you defending it? I'm not defending everything. You, you are defending it. There is a it. reason for everything that's done, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. And nobody's denying that some of the stuff was wrong. And you do the You call him names as well. Yes, I do. You, and, and, and what I'm saying is you two are out there and you're life partners, right? Right. And you have children. Yes. And, and why in the world would you make choices that create that kind of interaction and misery in one another's life. Why? You say there are reasons for everything. There are reasons for this, reasons for that. I get that. You, you, you can name things that he does to frustrate you, so you call him loser and ass and all of these names. And then you call her all of those names. 
What is wrong with y'all? Don't do, why would you put that into your life? I would rather be sitting alone in a forest watching the bark grow on a tree than be in a relationship that I had that done to me or was doing it to someone else. That's miserable. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have that in your life, do you? No, not at all. And, and you, do you want to have that in your life? No, I don't. That, that's why I'm here. I mean, I've been with him for 20 years, and I don't want to throw that away <clears throat> over something that can be fixed. What has to happen here for you to get that resentment, that, that bitterness out of your mind and your heart towards her? Well, that's part of the reason I came on here. I, I want to know what I need to do to make this better, to understand her, well, to see where she's coming from. See, you're making the choice. You're choosing the words you say. You're choosing the attitudes you have. You're choosing the actions that you take. Those are choices. And you can say, well, they're in reaction to what she does. I don't care. They're still choices on your part. Right. You're choosing those things. Why are you choosing those things? I get upset with her. I don't think before I say things. Do you believe that you owe her, your children, a stranger on the street, do you believe that you owe it to people to treat them with dignity and respect? Yes. And that if you fail to do that, that is a personal failure on your part? Yes. And do you want to know why I think you do it? Sure. I think you do it because there's no accountability. You can do anything you want. You can say anything you want. You're the, you're the cock of the walk, and you can just do whatever you want because it's your money, your house, your family, and, and you don't have any accountability. Nobody holds your feet to the fire, and there's no penalty for you doing what you do. You know what the cost is? The cost is your marriage is damaged, your family is damaged, and your character is damaged because you don't like yourself when you do that, do you? You don't, you don't think that you're being the man that you can and should be when you say or do those things that demean the mother of your children, your partner in this life. And then children watch this stuff go on. And you know what they do? They go out into their life and they are damaged by it and then they replicate it in their relationships. The parental legacy is pervasive. Why do you allow yourself to do it? I don't, I don't know if it's a control thing. I don't know if I'm just doing it to be heard. I, I don't know. You're rebelling. I mean, you, you, you got to understand, you got a parent-child relationship here. You say your sex life's gone to hell in a handbasket. You have a parent-child relationship here. Nobody wants to crawl in bed with daddy. Nobody wants to crawl in bed with the power, the authority figure. I mean, you think because you flip the switch off, it gets dark in the room, then okay, I'm going to forget that I called you this, forget that I wouldn't let you go do this, go do that. that those things are going to sabotage you guys for sure. And you may need to get a divorce here. But I think what you need to do first is try to rehabilitate this relationship because I don't think you like the way you are in this relationship, and I think you would change it if you knew how. If I give you some things to read and listen to, will you read and listen to them? 
Mm -hmm. yeah. If I set you guys up with somebody that will sit down with you individually, because you're depressed, your self-esteem is in the ditch, and you just don't have much confidence in who you are right now. Right. And I want to help you with that. And, and have someone that will sit down and work with you guys individually and as a couple. Now, as a family, I don't want to pull the kids into this right now. What I want to do is try to broker a formula for this marriage that both of you could find peaceful. Are you willing to do that? Is it too late in your view to do that? No, I, I want to try <clears throat> something. I want to help him understand how I'm feeling and I want to make it right. I don't want to divorce. I mean, I would divorce him right now if I had the money, just because it seems so much easier. But I don't want to make a have a divorce and realize it was the wrong thing that I did. But if I help you find your voice, and we help you find a way to do what you think is right and responsible for the family without being abusive in the process, the two of you would embrace that. Definitely. Well, definitely. We've been talking today about being trapped in a marriage. You know, when you say you're trapped, that's very much a victim mentality. It means I'm here, there's nothing I can do. You always have personal power. You always have the ability to change your attitude, your reaction, and to reach out for help somewhere if you need it. I want to thank you guys for being here today, and we're going to get help for you continuing this. I hope what I've done is given you guys a wake-up call. Now we'll do something with that. We'll do something in your lives, in your homes, to get things moving in the right direction, and we'll check and see how you all are doing. So if you're feeling trapped in a bad relationship, go to DrPhil.com. I'm going to have some strategies there, some questions for you to ask yourself, because denial does not make it better. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time.